TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here. On TuneIn, go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only twenty-five dollars a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile, get four iPhone 15s on us, and four lines for twenty-five bucks per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Thank you so much, Gary. And it's so sad that guy that got hit by, I guess, as your mom said, look both ways. But I guess he was one paying attention. Yeah, the... Um that happened last week, and uh, you had to wonder what was going on. But apparently, just walking down the middle of the track, earbuds look. And you know, I see it every day. Not the earbuds as much, but I mean, I know you got to see it too, Karen. People walking in grocery store aisles or down the sidewalk, staring at their phones, and they almost run right into you. They don't even look at where they're going. It's it's a, it's a real problem. And especially when you have the earbuds in too, you oh, really are 100%. just so distracted. Yep. So anyway, and good morning, and thank you so much. It is eight oh five. Coming up on eight oh six on this Tuesday morning, December fifth of twenty twenty three. And I am Karen Michael in for John Reed. And anyone listening yesterday, I was talking to John Burkett, who's the crime reporter from CBS six, and he was saying that the Richmond Police Department was, I think he said, hundred and thirty officers down. And you hear that from all over the country. Police departments just cannot simply fill their vacancies, which certainly impacts their ability to address crime. And Charlottesville is having a different experience. They, the city of Charlottesville Police Department was able to take their vacancy in just 10 months when Police Chief Michael Kotchis got there from 30 to, I think, 8. How was he doing that? Joining us this morning is the Chief of Police, Michael Kotchis, from the Charlottesville uh, City Police Department. Good morning, Chief. Good morning, Karen. Good morning, Karen. Great to talk to you again. So you came into office in January of 2023. At a time, there was turmoil. There was all these bad things happening in the paper with the police department, et cetera, et cetera. And somehow you've managed to do a make a big impact. Talk about what changes, culture, whatever you've done to make sure that you're able to be fully staffed in the Charlottesville Police Department. Yeah, so, you know, Karen, last night I actually gave a presentation to city council as we prepare for our budget session, kind of state of the department and where we've come and where we are. And like you said, we started in January, we had 30 vacancies, and today we have eight. And I anticipate by February we may have around two. And so, you know, when I was talking to our counselors last night, um, you know, when you talk about, there's been a lot of talk about police reform and culture change within our profession. And so, you know, what I said was, and, and, and I really mean this, if we're going to talk about police reform, we're going to talk about culture change, uh, it has to start within the four walls of that police department. Meaning we can't expect our rank and file to buy into the things our community wants of their police department by disparaging an entire profession or by, by beating them down. And so what we did really early on 
was, you know, focus on them, focus on investing within the organization. And then what you're seeing as a result of that is, you know, you know, you provide a clear vision, mission, and values to our organization. You get buy-in. And then they just take it and run with it. Now, we did a few things within our recruiting and retention section. Um, we kind of bolstered, our, or even though we were short bodies, we knew that we needed to put people in positions where we could get backgrounds done in an efficient manner and, and kind of uh, look for efficiencies within our processes. And we did that. And not only did we just graduate the largest class uh, in the history of the city of Charlottesville, 14, it's the most diverse class. It's the first majority minority class in the history of the Charlottesville police department. And I'm often asked, like, how did we do that? And I can't, there's not just one thing, you know, that um, I asked my recruiting team, I was like, where, how are y'all getting this done? And there's no magic pill. You know, it's, it's, I think it's just a combination of things. It's creating a culture, which takes time. And, um, and, and, you know, getting the right people as well. You know, we want folks that want to come to this police department and police this community in a uh, procedurally just way. And uh, we focus on that. And we're making a lot of progress. Well, and, and you are, you're very humble, but I know that you have worked hard to also facilitate relationships with your constituents, UVA, the state police, those types of things. How important is that coordinated effort with all of the other constituents and other organizations that are kind of all working towards the same goal? Uh, how important is building those relationships? Oh, it's crucial. I mean, I don't care where you are. If you're not working with your local federal and state partners, uh, you're just not going to get things done. You're not going to be able to address the complex issues of violence that we see in our communities. And so in the city of Charlottesville specifically, you can't come into Charlottesville and be a chief of police and not understand what happened in 2017, right? And, And that was a pivotal moment in this city. It fractured this community. And so when you go back and look at the lessons learned, you look at the importance of having those uh, those relationships. We recently signed on to Project Safe Neighborhoods, uh, which is a great program through the federal government that is helping us address um, gun violence and, and stuff of that nature. So very important. There's not a week that goes by that myself, Chief Longo and Chief Reeves don't talk uh, have coffee, lunch, you know, we, we're, we're friends. And, um, and I think that's really important. We're talking to Chief of Police of Charlottesville, Michael Kotchis, and I'm Karen Michael in for John Reed. One of the things that, uh, by the way, you were referring to the Unite the Right thing that happened yeah. up, in, up there in Charlottesville in 2017. So one of the things that we talk about is reimagining policing. And I love that you were buying into this concept that I saw you post about changing the mindset from enforcing the law to protecting the vulnerable from harm. And that includes people who are in custody because then they suddenly become vulnerable. Talk about that shift in mindset. It's not soft on crime. It's just changing the mindset on how we see people who are in need of being protected. Talk about that, that shift in the mindset. Yeah. So, well, first of all, I didn't come up with that. That's uh, that is something that um, you can look at. It's called the curve, and it's something that um, I think back in 2020, um, Simon Sinek had been working with a few chiefs throughout the country to come up with, you know, policing in general in this country just needs a needs a clear vision. Like, what what is our purpose? You know, and uh, I think all too often, and you and I, I think, have talked to this 
talked about this before when we talked about the Guardian Score program when I was up in Warrington, but what defines a good cop? You know, for the longest time, it was cops that wrote a lot of tickets and made a lot of arrests. Those were all some of the great cops. And in reality, you know, it's policing is just so much more than that. And um, and so, again, it's it's pushing that that the clear vision and mindset that it is it's about it is about protecting the vulnerable from harm. You know, like I said, when you have somebody in custody, they're in handcuffs. They're vulnerable. We have to protect them, even though we may be taking them to jail. Um, communities that continue to be disproportionately affected by violent crime. Those are communities that we need to be focusing on and building relationships and identifying the bad actors in those communities so we can protect those folks. Who, those folks in those communities are vulnerable. And so and for, for a myriad of reasons, and we could talk about the root causes of crime all day long um, that are beyond policing in general. But when and I say this often, when all these other systems fail, these communities continue to fail these communities like the mental health system, education system, family systems. It's the it's the police that are left, you know, holding the bag here. And we have to kind of uh, be that be that goalie on the soccer field, if you will. And so um, and so, yeah, it, it is. It's just it, it just makes sense to me, you know, and um, and we're really been pushing that. So one of the things we talked about last time we talked was the state of the mental health system in Virginia. Have you seen any improvement in that when you have somebody that you do uh, an emergency custody order or whatever they're called? Have you seen an improvement in being able to place people for mental health for that period of time when they're in that temporary detention or whatever it's called? Um, I'll be honest with you, not really. Okay. Uh, You know, I would still consider the mental health system in Virginia in complete crisis. Um, And so now locally, we are fortunate in the sense that uh, UVA, um, when we take somebody to UVA Medical Center, there is an area there that is secure. And so we can we don't have to sit there in the emergency room with them anymore. But that doesn't mean they're getting the help they need. And so I know that there has been significant investment in mental health in Virginia, and I think that needs to continue. Uh, but I think there's a ways to go. I think we have a long way to go. Your officers see that. I mean, that's really so many of these issues are people in a mental health crisis. And it's unfortunate that that's one area that seems like we should be all working together to address. But it just just keeps failing and failing and failing. I I don't know. Is it resources or effort or or whatever it is? But let's end on a high note. You and I think your wife went on and a bunch of other people hopefully went on the shop with the cop and talk about how that improves the community relationships, what your experience was with that, because I know you just had a great experience with at least one um, kid that you were shopping with um, who was just not even focused on himself. So talk about Shop with the Cop as we end on a high note as the holiday season approaches and how value-added that is for police departments to work with the community like that. Oh, it's, it's a great event. And I got to tell you, I don't, I don't think it gets enough attention some of the wonderful work that our profession does in building relationships with the community. And it, because it is, it's about organic relationships, organic interactions with folks, you know, that young man and his mom, uh, my wife and I, like you said, my wife and I uh, went shopping with them as part of a, uh, an event and uh, just, you know, you get to meet them and, and, and hear real stories. But when you hear, you know, um, that then you hear him talk about, yeah, I heard shots in my, na- you know, gunshots in my neighborhood last night. You know, like it's a, a normal thing for a for a little kid to say. You know, it, it it reminds you of your why, 
right? And I, and I talk to our um, young officers when they graduate the academy, like, you know, remember your why. Remember why you got into this profession, because it's going to be tested, and it'll be tested often throughout your career. And you're going to want to quit, and you're going to want to give up, and you'll be like, forget this, and you're going to hear all this noise around policing that, that is, um, that's going to make you maybe not feel good about yourself. But it's times like that where you have an impact on a young child, on a young family, and, and build a really great relationships with them. When I was actually texting, his, his mom reached out yesterday, and he's going to come do a tour to the police department, wants to meet our canines. And it's just, you know, those are the, those are the things that, that matter. So. Well, I love the good things that you're doing in the city of Charlottesville, Chief. I thank you so much for joining us. I hope you have a wonderful holiday. Thank you so much. You too, Karen. Have a great day. Thank you so much. It's interesting. I was in Publix the other day, and this young kid was walking in there, and he said to his dad, there's no metal detectors here. I thought, how sad is that? That's the first thing he notices is there's no metal detectors there. I just it made me it just made me incredibly sad the state of of what's happening. So we just need to keep hoping that people like the chief of the police in Charlottesville keep reimagining policing so that we can help our citizens, including the most vulnerable. Coming up on eight seventeen here on this Tuesday morning, I'm Karen Michael in for John Reed, and you're listening to News Radio. WRVA. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. The clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here. On TuneIn, go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only twenty-five dollars a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile, get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for twenty-five bucks per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. 